0: Hey, Bears fans, if you enjoy the Hogan Johns podcast and all this Bears coverage, and you happen to be a Blackhawks fan, then you should be listening to our Blackhawks crazy podcast on WGN Radio. Adam Johns, you should be on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like that was another life ago, though. You could have done that one. I covered
1: the 2010 team. That was quite
0: the team. Okay, why don't you brag about it? I
1: covered the 2020. 20- what do you want to say? <laughs>
0: Well, Chris Bowden and Scott King cover the Blackhawks now for WGN Radio. They do a fantastic job, too. They're the Hogan Johns of the Blackhawks, I think. Can we say that? Is that fair? That's fair. All right. Do they bring it, though?
1: They have to bring it. Oh, they bring it. Okay,
0: okay. They bring it. So search for WGN Blackhawks Crazy on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find that podcast and find it on WGNRadio.com as well. Search WGN Blackhawks Crazy. All right, time to jump into our podcast with a big live show announcement. Here we go. Hogan johns. if i get told by professionals that mitch is able to go out there and play trubisky will have this easy toss to gabriel for the score that means to me physically he can play trubisky gabriel again wgn radio presents hogan johns what time is it?
1: Yeah, it's been tough obviously you want to be out there with your team but stuff happens
0: on the field obviously i gotta take care of business rehabbing and show everyone i could uh, play it's really not a hard game you step back and you say okay how do we get better it's all about mindset attitude and then belief and
1: trust in what your coaches are telling you I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night! And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out.
0: It's a mindset and an attitude. With
1: WGN's Adam
0: Hogue. There is a fine line between genius and madness. And from The Athletic. Adam Johns. I thought this was over at death. I didn't know we, we went into eternity together. I... Here they are. The Adams. Wow, wow, wow. Hogan Johns. All right. Well, Ernie's on point today. I like to remember the Titans bit. Yeah. Great right. movie. I just posted my 10 bear sinks. Similar conversations. Toughness. You heard. You met. You heard uh, Matt Nagy mention that a couple times this week. Toughness. Attitude. Attitude. I think specifically with the offensive line. That's what he's looking for. The running game and hoping that uh, that's what Rashad Cowart can help bring the Bears.
1: That's what Kyle Long used to bring to the Bears. It
0: is. And I don't think Kyle Long lost that. I think he just well he lost some physical attributes you yeah, should say that that makes a that makes a big difference all right well welcome in Hogan Johns here with a uh, a big Thursday episode as the bears get ready to host the saints Sunday at Soldier Field but we start this episode with big news for our podcast listeners Next live show, we have the announcement for you, and there's a twist. Krolls, South Loop, Thursday, November 7th. Be there. Krolls is a great place. If you haven't been there, I've been there. It happens to be a uh, Wisconsin Badger bar, so I've been there uh, a few times. I also took, speaking of the Blackhawks, I... I remember watching a Blackhawks wild playoff game with my cousin from Minnesota and my son James must have, he was a baby still and we just brought him the Krolls. So bring your babies. Yes. Yes. Isn't there a Krolls right next to Lambeau? Uh, is there? Is that part of the same franchise? i That would surprise me, but I don't know. It might be.
1: Yes, it is. Here it is. Krolls West restaurant.
0: Might be different. I'm not sure. But are you sure Can it's you tell the me? same? I don't know. Uh, I do know that Kroll's South Loop is located at 1736 South Michigan Avenue, really close to Soldier Field. Not that there's a Bears game that night, but this will be the week leading up to the Bears-Lions game. And I bring that up uh, because we have Bears-Lions tickets to give away at that live show you have to be there in attendance, though, so, for our, our live recording of the podcast. And what's also cool about this one is it's all brought to you by Goose Island. Goose Island is the one bringing us out there to Quirrell's, and there's going to be plenty of ice-cold Goose Island on tap. Uh, that's, that's the beer. Can you say you grew up with a beer? Because it's not like I grew up <laughs> with the beer. Well, well, what, how old did you start drinking well, beer? Well, I was going to say, I don't think I had my first beer till I was 17. Okay. Which I would say is a little bit late in life. Yeah. So,
1: I, I, I was probably around 13.
0: Okay. Uh, what I mean, though, is uh, the original Goose Island was located near where I grew up in Lincoln Park. And my dad used to take me there, like the actual restaurant, brewery. And you know what I watched at Goose Island that I still have a vivid memory of? The Music City Miracle. Oh. The Bill's yeah. Titans game. Mm-hmm. That I could like picture that's where I was sitting watching that game. And uh, I love Goose Island. So it is the beer I grew up with. Okay. That, that's what I
1: like to say. <laughs> if, if you want to say that, yes. it's a, it, They make great beers. They do. And I'm looking at Kroll's website right now. There is a burger on like their, their main page. It looks fantastic. I'm going to get myself one of those.
0: That does look pretty good. And plenty of Goose Island, too. Yes. Uh, I'll be ready for that. So again, November 7th is a Thursday night. Uh, and that will be our whatever week that is, preview episode, and we'll do it there from Curl South Loop. Maybe we'll get a a special guest or two to stop by. But also, most importantly, Ice Cold Goose Island and a chance for you to get tickets, a pair of tickets to the Bears-Lions game that weekend at Soldier Field. So very cool event. We're looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully it makes up for us not having a live show in London. Yeah, well, which would have been a disaster in the, hindsight. The logistics were a bit different there. <laughs> you would have been dead. South
1: Loop, South London. Yes, oh, I would have spread my disease to everybody. <laughs> to everybody, and I would have been in sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I'm in right now. I, I anyway. think you're wearing your, your the wardrobe you you flew in on.
0: Um, similar. Northwestern gear. Yeah, similar. Yeah, there's Go Cats. Yeah, we'll talk about that later when we get to our college picks. All right, let's dive into the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at com slash Bears. My latest 10 Bears Things column is up this morning for you there. And some uh, interesting – look, I took a look there at Rashad Coward, I think why they're going in the direction, which is still – I don't know, slightly an assumption that he's starting Sunday, but I'm pretty well, sure... Well, Ted
1: Larson was limited in practice. It's my understanding that he was pretty digged up. Yeah. That's why Rashad Coward got to play a couple weeks but ago. Also, but also, yeah.
0: even regardless of the injury, which is still a factor, I would think the Bears would be looking long-term here, not just short-term plug. And Larson still is the guy that can back you up at both guard positions and center. Correct. So, uh, to me, that makes sense. So, dove into that. Also, um, J.P. Holtz's story is interesting. This is a guy who I didn't even really realize is already in his fourth year and has spent a big portion of those years actually on the street as a free agent, not on rosters, and did not play in his first NFL game until week one of this season. And right after that game, claimed by the Bears. Yeah. Ends up in Chicago on a different team in a different role and the reason I wanted to talk to him is because all this emphasis on the Bears' running game, well, they are not carrying a fullback this year. Well, they kind of are. J.P. Holtz, this is why they brought him in. So you can read more about that uh, in my 10 Bears Things. Plenty of other things up there, too. Uh, so that's well, all He's one of, what,
1: seven or eight tight ends the Bears have? Seven tight ends. Including
0: now. the practice squad
1: guys because yeah. Dax Raymond is back? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they're looking for something from somebody.
0: Anybody. They need somebody to step up a tight end. Anybody out there? Trey Burton. Hello. Looking at you. Well, and that gets to a list of guys that uh, we sort of did this on the podcast last week, but I expanded the list of players that need to step it up the rest of the way. Um, Of course, breaking down the Saints, pick for the game, which we're going to do here in this podcast as well. And you can read all of Johns' stuff at theathletic.com. Plenty of good coverage up there from Kevin Fishbane and Adam Johns this week. Uh, I think we need to start here with the quarterback. If I can find my... uh... Google sheet that we go off of here. I'm looking at it right now. Wake up! I have 17. It's right here. 17 tabs open. Says, from, th-
1: your number second one right there. Trubisky likely back. That's oh, what we're on. Uh, okay.
0: I think we can change that to definitely back.
1: Definitely back. You think he was going to
0: practice today? Will be okay. Well, he practiced yesterday. In well, fall. What, what if he wakes up sore? Then stop playing football. Go play. Okay, he's he go go dislocated,
1: dislocated his shoulder. His shoulder. <laughs> it's different. Go play foosball. <laughs> Yes, I think he's likely back too. Yes, definitely back. Yes,
0: I mean I think yesterday was the test. Could he be? Pr- could he practice in full, or was he going to be limited in some of the stuff he could do with the pain or whatever? He's wearing a harness. Yes, which is uh, well, it's noticeable. You,
1: you and I were watching him throw during warmups there, and I think I made the comment like he looked a little bit tight, and then as the, I guess the reps. Got going. He looked looser. Like obviously, there's something to to feel out there. You're going to feel a little bit restrained.
0: Well, I noticed that he kept carrying the ball in his left arm. Yes, just to kind of you could tell he's just feeling it out. Yeah, yeah, testing how it felt and the flexibility he has. But I think he's right. I mean, um, look. First of all, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know this harness is going to do any damage to his mechanics. Maybe it'll help. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I agree that it's not really going to affect his throwing motion. I think. And I thought it was cool that he mentioned it. I mean, really, the only restriction is if he has a high shotgun snap to his left and he can't reach yes. quite as far as he normally would for the ball. So,
1: knockout one, I don't think we've seen any of those this year.
0: Right. I have seen a couple of low ones, I believe. I noted uh, the first snap against the Raiders was high, but still catchable for um, Chase Chase Daniels, Daniel is also
1: three inches shorter than True. Mitchell Trubisky. That's
0: a fair point. Um, so Mitchell Trubisky is likely back. I wanted to share this story that uh an unnamed member of the uh, Bears Media Corps. <laughs> Do I know this story? Go ahead. Shared with me yesterday. Um, Can I guess the reporter? Can I play that game? No. Why? Because I was told I, I was told it can't be revealed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't really matter. That's definitely not the point. No, why does it matter? Why okay, okay, go ahead. So anyway, um this is just to To uh, illustrate the craziness that is out there right now with Mitchell Trubisky. All right. And the analysis of his problems and how to fix it. Okay. So, someone on the Bears beat got an email from a fan suggesting that the Bears bring in Don Zimmer, the former pitching coach. And I'm citing the email now. Don Zimmer, the former pitching coach to help Mitchell Trubisky's throwing mechanics. Now, there, there's a few problems here, okay? Um, first of all, just getting past the idea that a pitching coach could help an NFL quarterback. Let's just, we can, that's ridiculous in and of itself. Um, but there, there's a few other problems here. One, this is
1: the bald-headed Cubs manager right? of like my Yeah, growing up, developmental
0: stage of being a Cubs fan. Okay, go ahead. But Don Zimmer was never a pitching coach. (laughs) He he was an infielder who went on to be a manager, and when he wasn't the manager, he was the bench coach for a bunch of teams. He was not a pitching coach. Okay, so that's a problem. Here's the biggest problem, though. Don (laughs) Don Zimmer Zimmer. died five years ago. Yes. (laughs) He's dead. He cannot help Mitchell Trubisky. So on the crazy list of ways to fix the Bears quarterback, I think we can officially cross off Don Zimmer. <laughs> sorry. sorry.
1: Yes, he is dead. With all due respect, sorry there, Don and the Zimmer family, but the I was texting somebody um, yesterday and I used the word nauseating to describe the the conversation around Trubisky. Yeah. It is. It is. It's spinning out of control for a guy who didn't play against the Raiders.
0: I know. Well, that is the funny thing. Like He didn't even play the last two games. Yeah. Yes.
1: But I don't know. Look, I get the injury looked ugly. You know, you could break down that play. You know, obviously he scrambled too early, but you don't know how that game's going to play out.
0: I mean, if we're going to bring back a dead coach to fix the quarterback, <laughs> can we at least pick a football coach? No. No, it's got to be Don Zimmer. I love that
1: stuff. Didn't he get, like, when he was with the Yankees as their bench coach, like, didn't Pedro Martinez, like, toss him? Yeah, that was the big Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes.
0: Oh, okay. I um, want to give you a shout-out because you pointed out a few weeks ago that it seemed like Anthony Miller didn't quite have the same catch radius that was needed. Right. Yes. And that sometimes when he was reaching for the ball, it just didn't seem like he was getting the same extension he normally would. And uh, as it was confirmed yesterday, actually by Mitchell Trubisky, he was wearing a shoulder harness, and it was restricting Anthony Miller's catch radius on that bad drop he had to start the second half... Against uh, the Raiders. ...which you could argue he still should have caught the ball anyway, but he got fed up with the harness, cut it off, was not wearing it the rest of the game, and that probably helped him make that big-time catch later in the game when he went up and over the defender on the jump ball.
1: Yes. Well, obviously you want him to be cautious with his shoulder, surgically repaired, but I, I, I noticed it. In the, if you're going to give me some credit, I'll go back to my original thought in the Washington game where he's, these balls were put in place... Least I thought for a player to make a play, yeah. And as Nagy said later, you saw him extend with one hand instead of two.
0: Just saying, no, but yes, thank you. I'll no, pat myself on the back. I, well, you should, it was a good observation and turned out to be uh, completely true. Now, let's talk about why Miller was wearing the shoulder harness, he's had multiple shoulder. Problems. Uh, this goes back to his days in Memphis. So for him to tear his labrum, go through surgery again, I think that's probably why they're wearing it for precautionary reasons. That's what he said yesterday that it was precautionary. But if it's going to limit your ability to go out there and make plays and develop into you know a big time number two receiver that the Bears want yeah. him to be, I think he's you know you got to got take it off then. Yeah, and yeah. So, so maybe that shoulder's more exposed now. But if it results in him making more plays for this team, boy, do they need it the rest yeah, of the yeah, way. Yeah,
1: they need it right now. You just look at that catch he made against over, I should say, LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah. It was over, kind of slightly underthrown, leaping catch over the back, and, and Joyner kind of turned. But It's a great play. It's a great play. That's what you need. That's the best catch I've seen. Even Mike Fury said it the other day. The best catch he's seen since that preseason game against the Broncos. We haven't seen a lot of highlight reel plays out of Anthony Miller like that.
0: No, there haven't been enough. There haven't been enough from anybody besides Allen Robinson. Yeah, well, well, Taylor Gable's made some great catches. That's true.
1: Yes, I mean, the one in Washington. He's made some great diving catches. You know, those deep balls. Deep balls. Yeah, what? You know, Vikings game last year. (laughs) Dolphins game. Just saying. Giving you some examples.
0: Yeah, well, you... uh... They
1: exist. They're, They're in...
0: They've been logged. They're... I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. Well, Anthony Miller can do that going forward. So I, I wrote this story for the
1: the Athletic uh, today, and give it. Come on, thank you. And I kind of went pick by pick over the 2018 class. You know, this class was praised a lot last year. Mm-hmm. Even Miller, who had his up and down moments, and he was missed by Trubisky several times, had a very productive season. I, I thought for a rookie. Led the Bears in, in touchdown receptions. But just to look at what the 2018 class is doing right now, I don't want to use the word disappointing because it's only been five games, but they need to be better. Starts with Roquan Smith. Obviously, there's a lot going on there. But Mark DeLeon, the inside linebacker's coach, is confident. He used these words. He's about to blow up. Well, he better. Yes, yes. You need more better you need better play out of James Daniels. You need better play out of Anthony Miller. Ball Nichols is coming back, and obviously Joel Yee. E.A. Benewe and Javon Wims are reserves, but you know, those those four guys, the first four guys I mentioned, I think the Bears will be a better team if they start playing better.
0: But even Wims, I mean, he made some plays against the Vikings yeah. and then was nowhere to be seen against yes. the Raiders. Yeah. So he
1: was on the field for uh, those in those two games. Look at the snap counts. Ninety four ninety three percent of the snaps.
0: Yeah. And he only had one. Target against the Raiders? Yeah. And right? and, look, and I
1: get, like, you got Allen Robinson, who, who is... It's kind of unstoppable, in a sense, right now. So, obviously, a lot of balls are going to go in his direction. But, yeah, you know, Javon Wims, he gets open. He makes catches in key moments. He's got pretty sure hands, as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great angle by you, because... He, look, it, not only is it last year's draft class... Uh, and it's kind of across the board they've been disappointing so far this season, but you always talk about this is every year your your rookies going into year two that jump there yeah. should always be a jump from year one to year two, so it's it's definitely concerning when it appears to be going the other way, yeah, um a lot of these guys were key contributors contributors last yeah. year and look good. And then now they're not playing up to even that level that they played at last year. Right. So I was looking at the inside linebacker situation and obviously we
1: have to be sensitive just in terms of what Roquan Smith is dealing with, with this private and personal matter. But like Nick Kwiatkowski's filling game Cannot be the most impactful game by an inside linebacker this season. It is. It, like I get Danny Trevathan is playing consistent. He's, he's reliable, but in terms of an impact, and I'm be like, whoa, look at that. Yeah, that Nick Kukowski game is still the best game
0: I've seen from an inside linebacker this year for the Bears. You're probably right. Trevathan's played very well, but you're right. He's been a little bit. He's a little bit more consistent. Let me quickly just glance at. Uh, so check, check out my story. And here, here's a stat for you, just in terms of...
1: So Kwiatkowski plays in that game. He doesn't even play the full game because Kevin Pierre-Lewis was coming in and passing down. So in that game, what does Kwiatkowski have? He has eight tackles, including one for a loss. And he has that sack and a on Kirk Cousins. In 273 snaps this season, Roquan Smith has one tackle for a loss. Just one.
0: I, okay. I mentioned that in my story today. Was, you know... I had these all-pro expectations for Ro- Roquan Smith. Maybe that was unfair, but his first two... No, it's s- completely fair. His first two snaps of the season were incredible. Yeah. He came up to the line of scrimmage and stopped the Packers for no gain. Bam, bam, bam. Shot the gap. Huge plays. Yep. And you're going, oh, dude, this this guy's going to be scary. And then, since then, crickets. Yeah, see, I had those two plays in mind.
1: So, Mark DeLeon, to go back to what he was saying on Monday. He's, he the, thought, Bear.
0: He's the Bears' inside he, line. Yes, yeah, he,
1: he thought that Roquan Smith had a fine game. He actually said pretty good. But no, I, I think he, the guy has to play pretty great. It's my exact words in the column. Right, so I had those two plays in mind mm-hmm. where he shot the gap, made big plays in week one against the Packers. When you looked at the tape and you saw him get lost in the shuffle or handled by a tight end against the Raiders on scoring plays, run straight at him in his direction. Yeah, Just a few thoughts.
0: Uh just for the record the Nick Wachowski game I, I had him with the same grade as what Danny Trevathan had against Washington the week before but to your point um it, it was a pretty explosive game and you're right against you, the best running offense in the league at that time Yeah and you're looking for more
1: of that uh I'm not, again I don't want to say sound like I'm ripping Danny Trevathan I'm not I think he's actually been quite outstanding reliable This year. It's the Roquan Smith expectations. And again, I know he's got a lot going on personally. I I think the Bears have this. I think it's according to Mark DeLeon. Again, he he sounds like he's he's in a better spot right now. Just going off his own words. What the inside linebackers coach is saying. But he's a first round pick. Eighth overall. He was supposed to change the defense before Cleo Mack was here.
0: Well if he is in a better place and that's good news for the bears, because I mean, you can track this. I, I thought he played well against the Packers and I thought he played well against the Broncos. Well, not, you know, all pro, but well, and then it tailed off from there. I thought he struggled against Washington. He obviously missed the game against the Vikings, which was well publicized. And then I didn't think he played all that well against the Raiders either. So I think if you just kind of look at that curve, it coincides with whatever's been going on. And if he is in a better place, then you would expect going forward him to play better. I mean, that's my big takeaway, I think, from the bye week. I got this whole list of players that, like Anthony Miller, there seems to be specific evidence you can point to with a lot of these guys that show that they could and should improve the rest of the way. I mean, I I thought this shoulder harness confirmation yesterday was very significant. Yeah. Because it's like a tangible thing that's been holding him back. When you're just sort of been like, what is this guy's deal? Why? Where is he? Um, You know, I Mitch is obviously a question mark, um, but Roquan's been dealing with his personal issue. If he gets over that, he should improve. I think Leonard Floyd's more in the category. You don't really know what you're going to get every week. He's not bad, but he's also well oh, he's a good starter yeah you're just
1: not getting the he's not finishing sacks he's not finishing plays yeah that's it but that's been the story of his career
0: and with James Daniels at center who's also you know part of your 2018 draft class look he, he's got obviously got to be better but he's still only 22 and it's not easy playing center in the NFL but it's got to happen in a hurry I thought he showed enough his rookie year that he should be okay. Yeah. I think he's going through some growing pains right now, and he needs to be a little bit more reliable. And then, you know, if you just look at right guard as a position, any of these guys really should be an upgrade. Yeah. Should be. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not a given. I mean, And and that's difficult to say, but it's fair. Kyle Long was a a Pro Bowl player his first three years, but the, the injuries have just changed him. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw yeah. and, you, and you pointed it out in your 10 Bears things. That knee was a problem. I'm thinking of Akeem Hicks, actually. Yes. Akeem Hicks. Sorry, but that hip yes. for Kyle Long was a problem. You know? Just, he wasn't his, it, like, he was just this athletic freak that can maul guys. I mean, you just, you don't, you didn't, you didn't see that anymore. It changed.
0: It definitely changed. I remember having a conversation uh, with somebody way back in week two who, Knows the offensive line very well. And I'm like, you know, what do you think about Kyle so far? And he's just like, just, something's not right. He's, yeah. just not, he's just not the same mauler that he used to be. And, uh, and then it progressively got worse from there. So, hey, to, uh, you brought up Hakeem Hicks, though. Um, I'll take that point because, you know, I, I still think this is a very significant loss that is going to matter even though the Bears have depth there and they're getting Bilal Nichols back and Nick Williams has been playing well up there, Roy Robertson-Harris, they have guys that can get by. But I still think it's, it's a significant problem. The more I've kind of stepped back and thought about this, though, as big of a problem it is, the solution, if and when he comes back in December, could be even bigger. The impact of it could be even bigger than what the loss is right now. Because... I I am of the belief that the knee played a factor in him going on IR. Yeah. Um, well, I said it in our last debate about Hicks,
1: I thought he didn't look like himself, and I as the regular season got going, the the more I became of that belief. But I I thought the indications were possibly there during training camp. It just didn't look. He wasn't moving it as as strongly and as nimbly as he has in the past. He's a massive human being, but yeah. he can move. He just didn't seem to have as compared to what we've seen, especially last year when he was a Pro
0: Bowler. So I think the important thing to think about this is, so I don't think he necessarily needed eight weeks to get over this elbow. I mean, if you just look at, like, well, there's no surgery. There's no surgery, and Pro Football Doc, who, you know, I know some people have the problems with Pro Football Doc. He's got an incredible hit rate for diagnosing these injuries off of video. And his opinion from the very start was, if no surgery, this is a three- to four-week injury. So that doesn't really jive with putting him on IR for eight weeks. But what jives with going on a IR for eight weeks is to get Akeem Hicks back to Akeem Hicks level yeah. for the final three games. So if you're banking – if you think you – know, you you're thinking about this as a GM, a head coach, a defensive coordinator, you know, when Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Chuck Pagano get together during the bye week and they had the extra time to think about this and get second opinions – and they're going, we have depth here. We can get by without them. It's not going to be perfect, but we can get by without them. We believe in our defense. And if in week 15, when we're going to Lambeau Field, in what's probably going to be an enormous game against yeah. the Packers, you get Akeem Hicks back, who at that point should be rehab from the elbow. I'm sure it won't be 100%, but... The knee should be better. Hopefully, by then, he's able to get some conditioning under his belt, too, with a couple extra weeks. That's what people always forget about when they go on IR. Like, you you can practice after six weeks. Yeah. So, this timetable actually also jives with that. And when we get to that point after six weeks, and we'll find out whether or not he's practicing, that'll be big. Um. But you get Akeem Hicks back then for the final three games, the the final stretch, that could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the
1: playoffs. It's it's having a trust in what Matt Nagy can do. It's trusting your quarterback. Let's say the Bears completely fall off the rails. Trubisky can't recover from his shoulder. Maybe you don't bring Akeem Hicks back. But they've obviously left that that window open for this return because they're trusting that a Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson... Dana Trevathan-led defense can still stay among the league's best. And that Trubisky will probably improve to the mean. Look, he's he's not the 30th worst quarterback in the league. He's probably somewhere between, what, 16 and 20? Probably. That alone, that alone will help improve things significantly for still a defensive-driven team.
0: All right. Should we talk about the Saints? Yes. Should we talk about this game on Sunday? Yes, I was pulling up some stats here. Let's do it. All right. Um, went back, watched some of the Saints, seen most of what they've done so far this season. And, look, it's impressive where they're at. Um, to be 5-1, to win four games in a row without Drew Brees, it's it's impressive. You could tell they're well-coached. Uh, Sean Payton's doing a great job with Teddy Bridgewater and Dennis Allen's doing a tremendous job with the defense. And the reason why I give the coaches a lot of credit here is because if you go look at their statist- where they are statistically, they're not in the top 10 in any major offensive or defensive categories at this point. I mean, there's been a lot of high praise for this defense, and it is playing well. But they're still 11th in points per game and I believe 14th in yards per play which I know is a stat that Vic Fangio always looked at, so I like to look at it. Um, It's not like they're perfect. It's not like this is a shutdown defense like the Bears have been for most of this season. And so I look at all that, and I also see Teddy Bridgewater, who's playing well for a backup quarterback, has not been nearly as accurate as Drew Brees is. And if you go back and think about the Saints offense with Drew Brees, part of the reason why it works so well is because Brees is so good at doing what sometimes Mitch Trubisky has struggled with, where he talks about getting the ball in the hands of his playmaker. Yes, but throwing the accurate pass, whether it's five yards, ten yards, fifteen yards, deep ball downfield, the accuracy with Drew Brees has always been there throughout his career. And Teddy Bridgewater in the tape that I watched has not been nearly as accurate. Yeah, but he's still
1: the completions are still being made. He's completing what seventy percent of his yeah. passes. I mean, that goes back to my point. Not every pass has to be perfect. You still need sure. the guys to catch the ball. But, and they have guys. But but that's that's schematics, too. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to my point again about the production the Bears are getting in the passing game from their running backs. I mean, the Bears are, are, are last in the league in yak yards after catch. Like, simple swing passes, screens, stuff that can help your quarterback. Like, these underneath routes that are starting to show up in the Bears' game plans. Like, they didn't have that. Like in week one. Yeah. Like Anthony Miller underneath, crossing route, turning up the field. Like that stuff helps your quarterback who's struggling. And the Saints, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, but that's always been part of their offense. Always. Always. Yeah. Now, and, um, one quick thought in their defense, I'll say this: they do get after the quarterback pretty well. Can I give you some stats?
0: Oh hell yeah! I mean, Cam Jordan is great, and Marcus Davenport's looking more and more like a great draft pick. So they're they're tied for fifth
1: in sacks with eighteen. Okay, they are. Where are they at? They are third in pressures with seventy-seven. This is all according to Sport Radar, and they are in terms of quarterback hits. They are tied for fourth with forty. So they get after the guy. So Trubisky with his shoulder, maybe got to move the pocket, change the launch points a few times, get this this defensive line hesitating in a sense. But yes, there's some statistics that show vulnerabilities, but they do get after the passer pretty well.
0: No question. Cam Jordan is basically the Khalil Mack here that the Bears are going to have to prep for. I mean, he's that good. They're going to have to bring extra help. Um and it's going to be a big test for this offensive line. I think the good news is is that, with some exception, the Bears' issues on their old line haven't necessarily been pass protection. Uh, it's been more in the running game. Now, Marcus Davenport's good against the run, and he's a really good number two rusher on this team. So the Bears have their hands full there on the edges. What I would point to, though, is that the middle of this defense is not nearly as good as what the Bears have across their defensive yeah. line. And same thing with the linebackers; they're they're okay. I mean, not, but they're not all worldly. I'd take Trevathan and Roquan Smith any day of the week. Um, so the middle of this Saints defense is where you can attack them because on the outside, uh, Lattimore's been been great. Um, you know, he. I feel like he's been better, but I know what you're saying. Yes. Well, he went through some sophomore struggles, and. It seems to be better, and he's going to probably see Allen Robinson for most of the game. And then Marcus Williams, the free safety, is having an outstanding year so far, too. And Eli Apple, the corner, since he came over from New York, he's been a much better player, too. So they have some dudes in the secondary. They have some dudes that can rush the passer. But I think up the middle, they're kind of just okay. And I think that's where the Bears, uh, if they can get the running game going, up the middle, in between the tackles, get some maulers going, finally. And it's a big if. But if they can, it's going to really go a long way in helping them. Yeah, this game. just
1: get them more involved. Again, take a page out of their own book. Screens, swings, simple checkdowns where they're open. Just, just get them involved.
0: How about I-formation like, under center, just pound the JP ball? JP holds up the gut. <laughs> Well, not, you know, I'd Oak, still give the uh, ball to Montgomery. At least clear the hole. You know what
1: I mean. Yes. Linebacker one-on-one in the hall. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, uh, a huge development this week, one that could potentially decide the game, is that Alvin Kamara is dealing with an ankle and knee injury. and
1: it's the high ankle variety, I believe. Yeah, that's right? what it
0: sounds like. And he did not practice yesterday. Now, there was a tweet the other day. Was it Tom Pellicero who I think first brought this to our attention maybe Monday night, Tuesday or something, uh, said that um, Kamara still felt like he had a chance to play this week, but not practicing on Wednesday. We'll see what he does today and tomorrow. But if he's not able to go, that's huge. It's
1: significant, yeah.
0: Because with Breeze out, part of the reason Bridgewater's been able to keep this thing going is really the offense is going through Kamara now. And he's just such a big force. Now, Latavius Murray is a good backup running back to have. And the Bears are certainly familiar with him from his time in Minnesota, but he's not quite as elusive, not quite as dynamic, can't do quite the same things across the board, catching the football, things like that, running the same type of routes that Kamara can. So it's a big loss if Kamara's out. And it's a big reason why... Predictions. I think the Bears are going to win this game. Okay. I think this is a classic example of a team that is getting by, and probably, and I even got the sense when we talked to Larry Holder the other day, who covers the Saints for the Athletic uh, on our, our Tuesday podcast, it's a little surprising that they've weathered this storm as well as they have. Yes, You know what I mean? So, the Saints are... I hate to say a team's due for a loss, but it kind of feels like they're due for a loss. Like t- Teddy Bridgewater
1: needs to play like Teddy Bridgewater. Does that make sense? Or will play like Teddy Bridgewater? Like he's, well, he's good, not going to play like Drew Brees. He's a good quarterback, but eventually, like, the guy's got to have a stinker, right? And the Bears defense is by far the best defense he's, he's going to see right now.
0: And I'll point out, going back to last year, even when we had those couple games where the Bears defense fell off, they yeah. always came back strong the following week. Yeah. And. Especially with the buy and to stew on that loss for as long as they did, I just can't see the defense really struggling in this game like they did against the Raiders. There might be points here and there, but last week's game against the Jaguars, the Saints' offense did not look like no, they no. didn't look good at all. They, now the well, Jags have had a decent a, defense; they've too. had a couple of
1: those games, but they're still missing Jalen Ramsey, who's now part of the Rams. I'm just looking like teams have been in striking distance of this Teddy Bridgewater run, Seahawks. That's a loss, 33-27, right? Cowboys, 12-10. Buccaneers, garbage team, 31-24. Jaguars, garbage team, 13-6. So teams have been within striking distance of this Teddy Bridgewater run and ending it. Larry Holder said 16-13 Saints. I'm going 16-13 Bears. Okay. Like, everybody should know, Mitch Trubisky probably will not play exceptionally well against a pretty darn good team who rushes the pass pretty pretty darn well, like we just said, but I still think they have the better defense and and you're the home team against a dome team, and you're playing again this like we said the Saints are banged. they're banged up yeah it's it's more than kamara too they 're
0: banged up, and that's why I think Win the game I think the bears coming back with this big emphasis you could tell this week on toughness and Attitude, I like that. I like attitude, attitude. yeah. And coming out of a bye where they've been stewing over this loss for two weeks and they're a little bit rested because they had that bye. I, and this game's at home. I just think this is a class. Look, there's a reason the Bears are favored by three and a half points here. Yes. So you said 16-13? 16-13. So you Bears. don't have them covering. I actually have them covering. I think the Bears went 24-16. to 16. 24. So you expect uh, a
1: relatively efficient, productive day from number 10.
0: That's a good way to put it. Relatively efficient. Yeah. I th- I think yeah. the running game gets going here a little bit, too. Okay.
1: Okay. Maybe a game. People forget that he actually played well against certain defenses last year, like the Vikings in Minnesota. Yeah. There was a shot play in that game, too, to Taylor Gabriel. But it, sure it was efficient. They were good on third downs. They got the ball out quick.
0: Well, and that's the big key. They they have to get back to being good on third down, and that starts with picking up yards on first and second down, which again yeah. goes back to the running game. First, down's like their worst out. So, I I think they are going to bring that on Sunday against the Saints, and um, yeah, I I think the Bears win. I actually feel pretty confident about it. Of course, if well, no, I did not feel confident against the Raiders. Remember, I said, yeah, are no, I can no. see them laying a stinker here, yeah.
1: Yeah, you were ahead of the game there.
0: I'm like logically, I can't pick the Raiders, but I could see it happening. I, I just, I will be shocked if we're in complete panic mode again next week. Well, this panic's been going on for two weeks. But if they, if they lay another dud and they lose the Saints, yes, and they go three and three, because this isn't. I don't know. Even though the Saints are 5-1, and one, I just, this isn't going to be a scenario like last year against the Patriots where they fell to 3-3, three and three, but you were still like, oh, they hung with the Patriots, and the only reason
1: they lost... Oh, well, there's a significant difference between Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. With all due respect <laughs> to Teddy Bridgewater,
0: you're not Tom Brady. Yes. All right. Bold predictions. I think David Montgomery scores two touchdowns. Ooh. How about over 100 rushing yards? Uh that's I mean maybe. I I still think there's gonna be I think Mike you're gonna see fans are gonna hate this. I think you're gonna see more of Mike Davis. I think you're gonna see more of Mike Davis. <laughs> more Tariq Cohen running the ball. I don't know. Two touchdowns. That's my bold prediction. Okay. Don't don't try to give me on a second bold prediction. Leonard Floyd two sacks. Um, That's bold. It is, because they're not playing the Packers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, it's
1: a good thing that he, he, he destroys the Packers, and there's something about, I don't know, maybe Aaron Rodgers just brings out the best. Well, you can Floyd. almost
0: keep a guy on, for the Bears. You can almost keep a guy like that if they only play well against the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Because those yeah. games matter right, so right, much. Right, right, right. Like
1: I get that Aaron Rodgers will, will hold on the ball a bit, a bit more. Maybe that benefits a guy like Leonard Floyd, who's fast enough to chase him down, but still requires more time to get off blocks. But... You know, he's got to be better. It just got to be. Got to be better. And, and this would seem to be a game where, you know, they got two very good offensive tackles, the Saints do. Obviously, Cleo Mack is going to be a point of emphasis for them. Help your guys out. Be a first-round pick. Get to the quarterback.
0: All right, so there's our picks for the week and our bold predictions. We'll keep it moving. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right, speaking of those Packers. They play the team that just beat the Bears, the Raiders. The Raiders, uh, once again on the road. At least they got to enjoy a home week for their bye. They go back on the road <laughs> to the uh, to the frozen tundra, which is not quite frozen yet. But they're in Green Bay. Packers are five and a half point favorites. What were the Bears again when they played the Raiders? Say that again. What was the spread when the Bears played the Raiders again? It was two,
1: three. The Bears are favored so a little bit less. Yes. Oh. I could be
0: wrong, though. Is it four and a half? I forget. Noon Sunday on CBS, Packers coming off their Monday night victory against uh, the Lions, which, of course, we talked about the other day forever with the officiating, blah, blah, blah. Um, but remember, you may remember this, you should. I've said it a few times over the years. Doesn't it feel like the Packers are always at home?
1: Yeah, yeah. I do this every year. I
0: think we both pointed this out. It feels like the Packers play more home games than anybody else, (laughs) but recently it's actually true. Yeah, yes. Yes. They've played five home games in our last six weeks,
1: which is just a weird schedule to work. Yes. Yeah, I I wrote they got the, the meat of their schedule. Uh, coming up here. Actually, if I can pull up that story, start talking. Let me find my story.
0: Well, after they play this game at home, so that concludes five out of six at home, that means that six out of their last nine have to be played on the road because uh, as much as it doesn't seem like it, they do actually play the same amount of home games as everybody else. Yes. Okay, so here's
1: what they have. They got the Raiders, which I think, I don't know if they're good. They're maybe middle of the pack. They'll play you tough, though. Yeah. John Gruden can still coach. And they're coming okay. off a bye here. Packers have a short week. So after this, they got uh the Packers go to the Chiefs. After that, they go to the Chargers. Then they host the Panthers. Surprise turnaround team with Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey. Then they got their bye week, and then they go to the 49ers. So this is kind of a uh, This is their tough stretch right now for the Packers. If they could survive this. Maybe they could prove everybody that they're for real. But look, Ben Baldwin, another thing for the Athletic here, has a piece on the regression of Aaron Rodgers on the Athletic. Check it out. Check it out. It's pretty interesting stuff, full of stats, full of like like serious advanced stats. Check it out. But I think we all we've all learned that the Packers' defense is actually pretty darn good too.
0: It is. It is. Uh, so five and a half here. I I think the Packers win because. I could see this being a letdown game in many scenarios, except for the fact that the Packers didn't play well Monday night. And Rodgers seemed like not very happy about... He even said in his post-game interview that he didn't feel like it was a win uh, until the very end. So I don't see them really having a letdown game because they didn't play that well, so they can't feel that great about what's been going on. They also probably can acknowledge that the officials really helped them. Uh, And the Raiders... They've been dealing they're dealing with some drama now with Trent Brown. Yeah. And they're also probably feeling maybe a little bit too confident coming off their bye. So I actually think it's more of a letdown for the Raiders. Packers come back. Uh I would stay away from the line. I don't feel great about it, but I'll actually say the Packers cover. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say the Raiders cover, but the Packers win. Okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. I gave you some analysis there. You did. You did. Until it came to the pick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm a communist.
0: All right, the Vikings go to Detroit. The Lions are a one and a half point home underdog here, uh, despite almost beating the Packers on Monday night on the road. This is noon Sunday on Fox. Big NFC North battle, really a must-win game for the Lions at this point. Uh, they really that game the other day really hurt them.
1: Yeah, well, I, the, the refs really hurt them. It, it,
0: it what a bad situation. That's why I think. Um, I think they come back and they play pretty strong. The Vikings are a different team on the road. They're a different team when they don't have a lead. I think the Lions jump out to a lead here. I think they control the game. And I think Detroit wins. I'm torn on thinking whether or not these teams are actually
1: pretty good. Like like Kirk Cousins, like the, the ebbs and flow of his statistics. Yeah. Like All of a sudden, he's good again. But then he plays a real defense like the Bears, and he's horrendous again. Can't figure them out. I, and can we ever figure the lions out? I, I mean, the, the, no, because like they're the same. They always are. They're they're, they're the lions. They're, That's why there's a, a there's a verb. Lions has become a verb. They're,
0: they're lionsing up this game. Well, they they have talent. Stafford's not a bad quarterback. They make plays, and then they do something stupid, like have too many men on the field for a field goal. Yes, you know it, it's just. That's what they've always been, no matter who the coach is. And Patricia's been trying to clean that up. Um, but I'm still not convinced Matt Patricia's a great coach. I do like them this week, though. I like the Lions to win this game. And uh, what the hell? You better lock it up. Ooh. You better lock it up. No. You lock it up. You lock it up. lock it up. Lock it up.
1: Lock it up. All right. Yeah, I- I'm picking the Lions, too.
0: You skip me here. Skip oh, sorry. Get my pick.
1: Skip my pick here.
0: Sorry. You surprised me with your analysis.
1: Yes. <laughs> Let's wait, let's wait to the Penn State-Michigan breakdown for me. i got to fill in for Joe. Uh, yeah, we don't have Joe. If you uh, haven't noticed, Joe Romano's not here
0: today. Yes, Sorry. I
1: might just have to read what I Googled and found, or found on Google uh, for that. I, I like the Lions, too. There's something just strikes me as them being due. Um, they play better defense than the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles get some holes in that secondary. So give me the Lions in this one as well.
0: All right. We win this game tonight. Adam Hole will be rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Voigt pinch batting. The Chargers, we're picking this one because that's who the Bears play next week, next week's opponent. The Los Angeles Chargers, who don't really have a home or fans, go to Tennessee to play the Titans. How about this? The Titans are a two point favorite against the Chargers. They're they're bench they have benched Marcus Mariota. They have uh Ryan Fitzpatrick not Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's taking over there. Uh 305 Sunday on CBS. As I know the Chargers haven't looked good, but I'm really surprised they're not favored in this game. So weird. This is weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. 'Cause I still think they're okay. I mean yeah. they look oh, bad. I'm not going I'm not going with Ryan Tannehill. Right. Like what Well that's what I'm saying. What's the argument for the Titans here? Can, can I
1: like I don't want to call Marcus Merrow a, a bust because he's had what three head coaches? Like they're another example of an organization failing a quarterback. Probably fair. One hundred percent fair. Who Wizen Hunt, Malarkey, Mike Vrabel? Good defensive
0: coach, but come on. like You forget they actually made the playoffs and beat Matt Nagy and the Chiefs two years ago.
1: Yes. Marcus Mariota is three weeks removed from a 129.7 pass rating and three touchdown passes against the Falcons. I know the Falcons are garbage, but look, just another example. You know, maybe we're talking about Mariota in the offseason a bit more. We'll see what happens over the next 11 games. But I'm not going with Ryan Tannehill, who's another example of an organization failing him down in Miami. Give me the Chargers.
0: Yeah, I just think the Titans' offense is too big of a mess right now. So I, th- I think the Chargers. Phillip Rivers will do enough. Um, he's too good of a quarterback. Cor- I mean, th- look at that. Just look at it like that. Sometimes in the NFL, it just boils down to the quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not picking Ryan Tannehill over Phillip Rivers. Can't do it. Can't do it.
1: <laughs> it's two sound bites from me. Okay. I got to get Joe to help a brother out
0: here. Well, Joe's not here. Yeah. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. The Eagles are in Dallas. The Cowboys a three-point favorite. seven twenty Sunday on NBC, your Sunday night game. Biggest game of the week? Mm, probably. The only other option probably be Bears-Saints.
1: Yeah. Man, I was on that deck Prescott train early on. Like, go get your contract. You're playing exceptional football. But what the hell? This is why the Cowboys have not given him that elite quarterback This is money. why.
0: The NFL is just such a week-to-week thing. Yes. It's unbelievable Isn't how that much it's changed. Yes. But the Rams and the Cowboys both have lost three straight games after starting 3-0.
1: Yes. Yes. Who are you more concerned about I would actually say the Rams I mean they they put all their chips in to get Jalen Ramsey they're not gonna what's the stat out there I'm not gonna have a first round pick for the next five years or
0: something like that that's outrageous I hate that trade so much uh they have gone all in but they did it at a position that wasn't even like their biggest problem and and they got a problem player yeah that's the thing and you're gonna have to pay that player yeah you got to pay him you have all this money already into Goff and Gurley and Aaron Donald. Now you're going to pay Jalen Ramsey, and if you don't pay him, then you give up two first-round picks for a player you're not going to pay. How in the world are they going to keep this thing afloat beyond this season? And right now it doesn't look good because they're in that division with the 49ers and Seahawks. Yeah, Yeah. That was a bizarre trade the other day. It's a panic move.
1: I like I, I get why you would want to re- acquire a guy like Ramsey because he's an exceptional talent. He plays nasty out there. Oh, he's gonna talk, make talk a difference. Attitude. Oh yeah, but he still brings a bunch of baggage to deal with.
0: I I just think it's even if he does make a difference, does he make more of a difference to actually make the playoffs this year? And if you don't make the playoffs, you're
1: screwed. Yeah, going and you know what? Your biggest problems are on offense anyway, man. You can't protect Jerry Goff.
0: Yeah,
1: and since Vic Fangio. Last year, he has not been the same quarterback.
0: So with all that analysis, who (laughs) who you got in Eagles-Cowboys? I want to
1: say Eagles. I do. I do. Um, I've read a lot of Eagles coverage, actually, or or just breezed through more Eagles coverage than I usually do because, you know, there's a lot of comparisons with the Bears. Um, They've fallen behind a lot this year, like two scores in nearly every game. They're giving up a lot of big plays. So maybe that plays in the hands of the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys got a lot of holes as well. I think Amari Cooper's also banged up. Give me the Eagles in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, it's weird. They, there doesn't actually seem to be too much panic with the Eagles right now. I think they know they're pretty good. They fell behind to the Vikings last week, and I think, as we've seen, you just can't do that. And I like the Doug Peterson,
1: guarantee, not guarantee He kind of took it back a little bit, but not really.
0: Yeah, Kind of had in this game, so I like that. Give me the Eagles. All right, I'll take the Eagles, too. Yes or no. Yes or no. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. We're going to go back in time now, reverse this thing to Thursday night, uh, which may have already happened by the time you listen to this. Yes. Chiefs are at the Broncos. This is your Thursday night game. Patrick Mahomes against Vic Fangio. Broncos, three-point home underdogs, 720 Thursday night on Fox.
1: So... Fun fact here is I'm reloading the defensive stats on Sport Radar, and there was a I don't know an error, and on that error is a video. It's the double doink of Cody Parkey. Yeah. Oops. 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 It said. Um. So Dave Argo said something very interesting this uh, on Monday. Beyond Mitch Trubisky, he he threw a lot of credit to to the Broncos, where he thinks by the by, by the end of the season. When all is said and done, they'll statistically statistically be one of the best defenses in the league. And there's already a number starting to show that, by the way. They are 7th in points allowed per game. Okay. They are, hold on, let me reload
0: this again.
1: They are 4th. Fourth in yards allowed per game. Everybody knows about their their sack problems, but somehow they're already back up to 12. Vic Fangio is doing Vic Fangio things, so I think that's more context for the Trubisky struggles in Week 2. But I also think it'll be interesting to see how Patrick Mahomes handles it. They've lost, what, two in a row now, the Chiefs? They have. And Mahomes hasn't been
0: the same player. No, now they games. got Tyreek Hill back, and he's a little banged up.
1: Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he, that ankle injury. Tyreek Hill back. You know, he looks back, scored two touchdowns against the the uh, the Texans last week. So, do you have rules for home dogs?
0: <laughs> I know it's not college. It's but not college. Yes, and, uh, but here's the thing. If my memory serves me right, I feel like. We picked this game last year, and the Broncos were home dogs, significant home dogs to the Chiefs, and I think I, I don't remember if I picked the Broncos to win, but I definitely picked them to play well at home, as the Patrick Mahomes hysteria was taking over, and cover the spread. Yeah. They ended up losing by four, and they did play very, very well, and I'm forgetting the specifics of the game, but I feel like the Chiefs had to score late just to win the game. Um, I think that same thing at a minimum plays out. I think the Broncos play the Chiefs really tough tonight. I'm going to go with the Chiefs for the bounce back because I, I think they're too good, and I still don't trust the Broncos enough. Well, it goes back to your what
1: you said earlier. You picked the quarterback. Mahomes or yeah. Flacco.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to go Mahomes still. And... But this is going to be a tough AFC West game against a really good Broncos defense. I just think the Chiefs pull it out in the fourth quarter. Okay. I agree. There we go. Let's keep it moving. All right, college picks. We're starting with a Friday night affair. We heard Kevin Fishbane's pick the other day. Four to three, Northwestern beats Ohio State. All right. Let's, have a, let's, let's do some real picks here. Uh, number four. <laughs> no, number four, Ohio State, comes to Evanston Friday night. This game has been moved to Big Ten Network because the Yankees-Astros game got rained out. Yeah. And they had to move it to Friday and then push everything back. And I hate Friday college football games, by the way. Yeah. So have fun out
1: there. I'll be watching my high school team. The Dons play Nazareth. That's a top
0: ten matchup. By the so way. I'm just curious. How does this Northwestern game impact you at all? None. Okay. I just wanted to be sure. Like, you, you, you Friday night no. people that complain about this, you're yeah. still going to your Friday night game. Yes. And the game true. is still sold out in Evanston. Everybody's going to be okay. Everybody's people. happy. Okay, Everybody's okay. fine. Uh,
1: but what about the the poor kids that are playing it at Evanston or at Nutria, anywhere nearby in the North Shore, caught up in the traffic? That's what I'm
0: concerned about. What about me caught up in the traffic?
1: No, you'll be fine. It's just it's just, there's traffic. You'll be fine.
0: There's always traffic on Friday. I know. Whatever. What are you talking about?
1: Don't play on Fridays, college folks. Anyway, here's my lock. You can hit the lock button. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. The cats will lose, but they're going to cover. Okay.
0: The spread is 28. Yes. Yes. That's a lot. It is a lot. As Fitz said,
1: this week. They held Wisconsin to their lowest total this year, I believe. 24 points. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe they did cover it. Now, I think Ohio State, with all due respect to your Badgers, is still another level up of that.
0: Probably. We'll find out next week. Wisconsin goes to Columbus next week. Right. But I could see,
1: I don't know, maybe a 21, 24-point loss for the Cats.
0: Well, and I'll also point back to the Big Ten Championship game last year, which a lot of the defensive personnel is the same. Uh, and the Northwestern's defense is not their problem this year. They've been fine. So you, you use that blueprint. Northwestern was in that game. People forget that early fourth quarter. Yeah, there, they were. Oh, there yeah. was a fumble recovery. That if it wasn't for man, who made the tackle? I'm forgetting who made the tackle. Someone made the tackle on the fumble recovery. <laughs> Someone did. Someone did. Someone did. Someone did. <laughs> and but just barely clipped Travis Willock. If he had returned that for a touchdown, that could have been a different game. It was that close. And people people don't realize that. So, I'm with you on your theory. I think I think Northwestern comes out home night game, plays tough early. As long as you don't let Ohio State knock you out in the first quarter, you are going to be in the game. I'm not saying they're going to win by any means, but 20 28 points. Now, if Ohio State covers, it's because they come out and they punch Northwestern in the face in the first quarter and they just take over, which could happen. I'm just, I'm saying I don't think that's going to happen. I think Northwestern, especially coming off a bye, is going to play well. early. Random Friday night game, they're weird, yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be surprised if Northwestern wins, but I think I agree with you. I think they they cover. You know, I think Adams had a good season. All right, we go to the pack 12 and the number 12 ranked Oregon Ducks, who I stupidly thought would not cover against Colorado last week, uh, play in Washington against the Huskies, who are somehow still ranked. They've had a weird season. They've lost two games. They got they lost to Stanford, who's been terrible. Yeah, and they're still ranked. I don't know. This this is weird to me. It's two thirty Saturday on ABC. Oregon's been pretty good. Their Justin loss, Herbert's been pretty good. They have a good defense, too. Yeah, uh, This this line is weird that Washington's only a three-point underdog. I guess it's because they're at home. I'm taking Oregon. Yeah,
1: well, doesn't that go against your home dog? It's not picks? a night game. No, it's not a night game? Okay. I'm going with the quarterback, Justin Herbert. Top five pick
0: next year. I sense a theme this week. Top five pick. Top five pick. That's why we have Adam on the sidelines. He knows everything that's going on. He nailed that one. All right.
1: Except when there's a kicking situation.
0: The good thing is after three straight, usually kickers like to go right from the net to the field. He's been standing out here for a good five minutes. There's
1: another one. There's another good uh, observation. Sam, I'm I'm glad Hoag's not here today. We're getting all this good stuff
0: from Jeff. We didn't know any of this stuff. He's having tea and crumpets. That's why I spent my whole week doing kicker research. Did you? So you better watch out. You lie. No, I did not do that. Well, number 16, Michigan at number 7, Penn State. This is where college game day is going to be. It's the whiteout. I feel like I have to deliver here.
1: Truth be told, I don't care about Penn State or Michigan. But can I read something from Live? If I can quickly tell you that Penn State's a nine-point favorite, yes. Okay, okay. All right, all right.
0: Yes. And they're at home, and it's a night game.
1: And it's a primetime game. So this... No, never mind.
0: They're not the home dog. Yes,
1: yes. Get your Adam Hogue rules correct. (laughs) You need to print these out for me. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to poach some analysis. There hasn't been much on-field evidence that the Wolverines are ready for a prime time in Happy Valley. If Michigan's fumble problems creep up, this could get out of hand. As it is, Penn State's defense hasn't allowed more than 13 points in any game this season. This isn't a spot where Shea Patterson has delivered in the past, and the game surely will be in his hands. Meanwhile, Sean Clifford has just enough mobility to keep the Wolverines' pass rush off him and find K.J. Hamler for a few big plays. Penn State 27, Michigan 9, courtesy of MLive.com.
0: There you go, Joe. So your pick was just reading what (laughs) was written on MLive. Yes, Penn Penn State. Do you want to at least give the author credit?
1: um i should find it here yes okay <laughs> um i believe it's one of those articles yes here it is john slagder
0: all right john thanks for contributing to the podcast yes
1: you can follow him or email him at john or j-s-l-a-g-t-e-r at mlive.com
0: no <laughs> all right um i'm gonna take penn state don't think michigan's that good No, they're not. Not completely sold on Penn State yet. But that was pretty impressive to go into Iowa last week. Um, I believe that went against my rule. not exactly sure who covered off the top of my head. Um, But Penn State did get the victory. I like what the Nittany Lions are doing on both sides of the football right now. They're scoring. Michigan's whatever. They're Michigan. And uh, they almost coughed off that lead to, to the Illini last week. So I'm taking Penn State. Big win. Okay. I did too. So did John. Thanks, John. We appreciate it. All right, <laughs> let's get out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hoag. at Adam Johns. You can follow John. I don't know if his Twitter handle's on there. You just I, I already shut the link off. Yeah, sorry, sorry, but thank John. you. But you you can follow him on Twitter, and you can follow Joe Romano at Joey Joe Rowe. We'll hear from him again next week. He'll be back. Read us at 10. Uh, my 10 Bears Sings at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic. The Athletic.com. The th- great athletic app is where you can listen to Adam John. Read Adam Johns. You can also listen to him in our Tuesday podcast. Yes, it's still there. The live show, November 7th. Kroll South Loop. Hope to see you there. We'll have plenty more details, but don't forget, we do have Bears tickets to give away. At that live event. Thanks to Goose Island. Appreciate them. Uh, Come out. Hang out. Talk to us. Oh, yeah. It should be fun. I love those live shows. Looking forward to this one as well. All right. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Enjoy the game on Sunday against the Saints. I think the Bears will be 4-2. And, and if they're not, well, that's a problem. Yep. Panic mode. See ya.
1: history spaghetti these are the things of a boot country called Italia hello I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours for two generations my family has provided high quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world but mostly Long Island and Jersey